Great. So, yes, welcome to another episode of Breakthrough, a Dale Carnegie podcast. I am Neville Delusia, co-host with my colleague Faith Wright, and we have the absolute delight and pleasure to host Scott Kelly in today's session. I'm, I'm excited to have you here, Scott, because I know that you started your corporate life here at IBM Global Services and spent some time with Keysource Bank. Uh, but really, as the director of entrepreneurship at Campbell University, uh, you work with a lot of young adults, a lot of people starting their careers as entrepreneurs. And that's really one of the key target markets for us here with this breakthrough podcast. So we'd love to just hear from you, if you wouldn't mind, just starting off with your story. How did you get into this and want to influence these uh, future entrepreneurs? So please do, do share with us, if you would. Uh, I appreciate this, Neville. Appreciate the opportunity. Uh, I love talking about this. I eat, sleep, drink, entrepreneurial thinking. And a lot of our students are beginning to tell us the same thing about the desire to launch their own venture. And that, that sometimes takes many different forms. I mean, most students that graduate from college don't launch a business immediately but uh, they have side hustles and, and things turn into uh, real ventures. So there's definitely a, a desire for young people to, to be charting their own course uh, and even, you know, even within organizations. So we, we promote entrepreneurial thinking with the idea that it's not necessarily everybody's going to start their own venture, but this mindset of thinking thinking like an owner, thinking like you, Neville, you know, <laughs> if, if you're the owner, if you are uh, the leader of this organization, how do you think? And so uh, my career uh, has uh, manifest this concept. Uh, you know, I was at Key Source Bank in downtown Durham in 2009, and I knew I wasn't going to be a banker forever. I was doing investment banking, mergers and acquisitions, and it's, it's really a roller coaster game. You're trying to sell. And, but when I was in downtown Durham, I got to know a lot of business owners and really loved the startup scene, was immersed with all these innovators and big thinkers, and uh, really just wanted to expose teenagers to this environment. And that's really was, was the driving force behind uh, creating a program that would immerse students in local business communities and increasing their net starting their professional network early um and really so that that was one direction and, and so that that was really a side hustle as i was working at a bank right <laughs> and so the other side hustle that really pointed me a different direction to my day job and that my, like you said my day job is I, I lead entrepreneurship at campbell and how that really started this university entrepreneurship was a result of entrepreneurship. So the crossroads or the, the one event that I planned was called Startup Madness. And I'm a big basketball fan, love this environment, Duke, UNC, NC State. I grew up in Kentucky. So there's, this, there's basketball in my blood wow. and, uh, and startups. So you, you marry startups and basketball and what do you what do you launch you launch a startup competition during march <laughs> and you call it startup madness Love it. so 2010 2011 we did our first event uh in downtown durham with duke unc nc state and then the next year we 
increased to lots of different schools. So eventually we had most of the ACC schools. So you think about Virginia, Virginia Tech, wow. Pittsburgh, Notre Dame, Georgia Tech, all these schools came to Durham. And really what happened, uh, a Duke student saw what we were doing. He, he participated and uh, he went over to Duke and said, hey, you should you should bring Scott on board. And he can help us with entrepreneurship. And uh, and so I did that I, I, a small contract basis. But then, you know, that led to Elon. And so I launched Elon in San Francisco and spent a lot of time in San Francisco with students and did that for a few years. And then I'm at, this is my fifth year. This is my sixth year at Campbell. Wow. And so but I, I attribute all that, uh, you know, all those experiences to that one event, one little bitty entrepreneurial venture of an event that just started to meet people. And that that really uh, started the journey of university entrepreneurship. Well, that, that's a breakthrough moment right there, it sounds like, okay, Scott. Well, one of the, I mean, you're right, right? As an entrepreneur, I want entrepreneur-minded individuals because they think differently, they are aware of the value of investing, but also understand the managing costs. They take appropriate risks, hopefully calculated ones. But one of the concerns too as an owner is, I don't want people to have too many side hustles. I want to focus on the business that I'm employing them in, right? I want them to, to drive that. So if you think about this entrepreneurial spirit, how does a, a business leader create that environment so that he can retain the entrepreneur with a side hustle? in his business, but also keep them motivated and stimulated to also contribute to the vision of me building a business because I want this minds, these entrepreneurial minded people in that company. Huh? How, what advice would you give me as, a, as an entrepreneur looking to recruit these talented people? You know, we have great leadership at Campbell. My boss, if you will, at Campbell, he's the dean. Uh, and he really, I feel like he trusts me. And he, uh, we communicate a lot and he, he really sets the vision and, um, and helps me see, okay, this is where we're going. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then allows me to brainstorm. We, you know, right now I have on my whiteboard in my office, kind of our strategy. And that yeah. was the result of, he sent me a very long email with his vision and then expected me to articulate how we're going to accomplish that. Gotcha. And so as a leader, he has taken the time to set the vision and then trusted me enough to come up with the details of how we're going to accomplish that particular vision. So I think the the walking around the office and getting out of the office, you know, he he stops by my office and, uh, you know, has this these uh, these happy collisions uh, just Love it. Face, face to face. So. Uh, so, yeah, trust and, and vision and leadership. Uh, uh, has been my experience. Love, I love it. Happy collisions is right, right? So we, that's about communication, isn't it? So you're getting the directive from, from your boss and that communication certainly leads to trust and it's your, it's the ownership that you're taking. I, I love, I love that that drives and gets that going. So if you, if you, if you think about these people that are going out and wanting to get into the workspace and they want to show up as their best selves, when they're either interviewing or starting, the, oh, I must put a caveat there. Maybe um, sometimes I think the best sales job a person does is in the job interview. <laughs> so what can we do to show up when we're starting to work so that people can see 
they were the right person. What advice would you give these young entrepreneurs that are working at a startup, at an established business, or going on their own, that they show up as their best selves? Sure. You know, uh, if you could come to a job interview, a pitch, a um, yeah, an, a a face to face coffee meeting with your authentic stories of mm. how you have um, articulate how you've, um, you know, really taken to heart uh, these characteristics that you believe in. For example, let, let's, let's give an example. So um, what we do in our summer program, the, the one activity that students really enjoy is called rejection therapy. And a Duke alumni went through 100 days of rejection therapy. And so we talk a lot about rejection and, and we do it actually. And so the students will set up a scenario where likely they will get rejected. So for example, they will call a pizza place to ask for a complimentary pizza. And so we go through this, this scenario. And so uh, the students really uh, learn about what it means to be rejected. And then, and then on the backside, how to recover from that and to um, come back and, and to really uh, take that and to uh, be strengthened and, and, to, and to grow through that experience. So I think the, the, the stories behind um, who you are uh, can really be powerful and to really um, help an employer or help uh, an investor or you know, whatever, whatever one-on-one uh, meeting that you're in, that can really help uh, make a connection with people and, uh, and, and, and help people understand who you really are. That's an awesome exercise that you take people through. <laughs> and I think that is so important because you are able to face rejection head on. Um, I was wondering, what do you think is the biggest challenge that entrepreneurs face and how do you help them overcome it to, aside from the fear of re rejection? Sure. So I'm convinced that our young people need to create more. And there's a there's a research and uh, there's a, a professor at University of Pennsylvania. His name's Adam Grant. He wrote a book called Originals. And he proposed and really did research on a lot of individuals who were successful simply because they created a lot of things. So you look at um, you know, a lot of the great writers in history, they just produce lots of compositions and lots of poetry. And, you know, um, so I'm just co convinced young people need to create, entrepreneurs need to create lots of things. You know, uh, if you look at most successful people, right now at today in class, I had my, my students uh, are assigned to read the Wright Brothers book. Mm. And you look at their process and I told them, the history part is great, but you are supposed to study the process of the Wright brothers learning to fly. And that process is really a lesson in creating lots of things. And eventually they learned to fly. That wasn't their first rodeo. Mm. They started a printing press. They started a bike shop. They did a lot of things. Stuff, yeah. And so if, if you look at a process of successful entrepreneurs, most of the time, it's not their first venture. They've created lots of things. And the reason they're successful is because 
of the quantity most of the time. Most sometimes you'll get an outlier that it's their first venture and they're super successful. It's very rare. And so I'm convinced students just need to create in college, in high school, create that landscaping business, that dog walking service, that babysitting service. Get get um, uh, experience with dealing with customers, with pricing, with uh, marketing, and and then when 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 it's for real, you know, if it's your fifth venture and you're 21 years old, then, then you know, you you know a little bit because you've actually gone down the path. So we just need to create more. I love that, and, and again, it's about um, slowly building our experience. It builds our confidence. We develop those inter and intrapersonal skills, right? We develop mindset and, and communication. It's such a vital thing. And I think you're right. The sooner we start on this journey, the better for us. But it's the creativity side of thing that really piques my interest. If I want to create an innovative, motivated team, right, and I want to have these opportunities to create or be creative, sometimes I think people or business owners like myself might be looking for that one thing that's going to be a mega mindset change. It's capitalized on in my business, virtual learning, right? Let's let's pivot, let's be the, but really it's not just about that one thing, is it? It's about the little tweaks to a process, right? I mean, in terms of how, entrepreneur, how entrepreneurs need to develop and grow, I should inspire an environment of the little improvements too. I mean, what, what would your thoughts or your thinking be on, on that for someone that's running a business and trying to employ talented people like, like Faith, pulling in individuals like KP, allowing team members of, I think, of my team, wonderful people like, like Doug and Josh and, and those types. How do I keep that going and make those minor changes for two reasons, to keep them in my business? And number two, to have this dynamism continuing to be in my organization. How, what are your thoughts on that? Or, or am I wrong? Here's a small tweak that we talk about in our classes, you know, a college student has a lot of pressure to do well in school, and they should. They should study. They should get good grades. But at the end of the day, when they are about to graduate and they've spent thousands of hours in a classroom and in working on projects and homework and, and uh, the typical college uh, academic curriculum, um, I wonder if there's a tweak in the, the budgeting of time. And so think about um, how many alumni are you, are you connected to on LinkedIn at the end of your college career? And think about the impact that that has on your career. You know, you've done a great job with your classes, but if you just budget, that's a tweak. If you just budget a bit more time to connect with alumni, at your university, because at Campbell, we have 35,000 alumni on LinkedIn. And I'm convinced there's a causal relationship, not just a correlation, a causal relationship between the number of connections to alumni on LinkedIn and your quantity and your quality of job opportunities. You know, I, I worked at IBM right out of school and it, it was fine. I didn't know that it wasn't the most creative, the most um, innovative position. I just didn't know any better. But when I started to see what other people were doing and 
uh, I progressed in my career. Then start, I started to realize, okay, I can have bigger impact. I can utilize my talents. I can do interesting projects with interesting people. You know, students just don't know that. But when they connect with more people, they can kind of see, oh, this could be on my radar. I could do this or this seems more interesting. And so just this ability to connect with lots of people doing interesting things, then you can, you can, um, we talk about leading with purpose, you know, and, you know, the famous TED talk about starting with why and, um, you know, and we're definitely on a journey trying to look for that sweet spot in what we enjoy, what we feel like is impactful, what, what can support our families, you know, and, um, and it's not just about passion and, you know, all that, but um, it's definitely about, uh, you know, feel like you have, you are making a difference and you're, um, you know, you're able to support a family. And, and what about staying the course or staying on the journey, Scott? I mean, what you're saying is, is valuable, but, but to develop that resilience, I've got to still go through some tough times. So, I've got to put myself out there, like you said, handle rejection, that rejection therapy. I, I love that. I'll put myself out there in the organization so that I can find those opportunities. Um, if, I, if I come to a point where maybe I feel a little demotivated or maybe it's not quite working, how do I stay on course to keep, to be tenacious, to, to hey, trust my gut and know that this could work. I just got to strive, strive on. I mean, what could we do? What advice could we give these people starting out their careers or changing their careers to, to, to stay the course and to trust the vision that they've set themselves? Sure. You know, I, I drive a lot. I have a, a commute to Campbell. I'm, I'm driving around the state to meet with people. And, you know, I see a lot of students with earbuds in their ears, you know, and my teenagers are listening to lots of music. And so I'm convinced another small tweak, Neville, is to budget a little bit of time for inspiring content, whether that be con podcasts or books or, you know, like recently I showed, uh, you may remember this, Neville, I don't know if you're a football fan, but Tim Tebow, 2007, University of Florida, they thought they were going to be undefeated. They came out and lost the season opener in the swamp at the University of Florida. And of course it was devastating, you know, and Tebow comes to the press conference and basically says tearfully, I'm sorry, I'm really sorry. I thought we were gonna have an undefeated season, but I'll tell you this, a lot of good is gonna come out of this. And I can tell you that you will never see anybody push this team as hard as I'm going to push them. And you're not ever going to see anybody work as hard as we're going to work yeah. the rest of the season. And they won. They did, you know, and that's leadership. And if you can, yeah. if you can, and I, that, that motivates me. I don't know if that motivates anybody else, but that motivated sure. me. And, and those words are actually etched in the front of the stadium. Right. And so that motivated all his teammates. And so you kind of got to find what's going to motivate you and budget a little bit of your music time, you know, uh, I don't know who you like to listen to, Neville, but, you know, your, your, you know, Zach Bryan and your Elvis and your, you know, Credence Clearwater Revival or whoever you listen to. But, you know, put a little, a little um, Dale Carnegie book or, you know, whatever, yeah. right? We, we need to listen to How to Win Friends and, and all the, 
the content that you all have, right? And uh, and uh, no, we're gonna nurture, we're gonna nurture our minds, right? Because that's really what creates that growth curve. I mean, that's really what creates that growth curve. Um, and I love how you say we gotta allocate that time, and it's not that it's significant. I mean, Cornelius Kirk was sharing with us just a moment ago about 1% of your day is 15 minutes, man. 15 minutes. There's a lot we can do in 15 minutes. Two 15-minute slots is a TED Talk. It's a, it's a chapter of a book, if not more. So I love how we just do that minor, that minor tweak to be better and to become more, you know. Absolutely. What if someone is super tired? Like if you think about an entrepreneur that is just exhausted and they try to manage their time as much as they can, but what would you say if they're on their breaking point, how do they get through that breakthrough? What's your piece of advice to them to keep going? Wow. There was an article actually in the Wall Street Journal uh, a couple of days ago about the return of corporate retreats, right? Um, and, and this is a question that a lot of my students will ask our guests, you know, when we have guest speakers, um, it's an important work-life balance and, and recognizing that uh, you are an emotional creature that cannot work all the time. I, I, I work, uh, you know, but try, I've got two kids at home, two teenagers that I try to spend time with. And, um, yeah, I think there's a, a an understanding and a realization that it, entrepreneurs are totally driven, but at the same time have, do have this point where you need to recharge. So, and I frequently ask, how, how do you how do you de-stress? Actually, a student came to me after class today, and because I, I just gave this assignment, she said, "I am totally overwhelmed. I'm totally overwhelmed. I, basically, I can't do what you just assigned to me. Can't do it." And I said, don't do it. Don't do it. It's in the grand scheme of things. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter. You know, you're supposed to read 42 pages in the Wright Brothers book. If you don't do that, you know, if you're totally stressed out and, and just at your break point, you got at some point, you have to look at your list and say, I cannot do that. A lot of people, a lot of my friends have said and have I've emphasized maybe what you do is not as important as what you don't do, right? And at some point, that felt funny for me to tell a student, don't do what I just told you to do. But if you come to me and say, I am at my breaking point, like, okay, well, don't, you got to choose something not to, are you going to not do your accounting or you're not going to do my, my work? You know, maybe I would say, don't, you do, don't worry about accounting. You know, nobody <laughs> needs accounting, but uh you know, I think there is there is a point where you have a long list of to do's and you have to say, what am I not going to do? Hmm. Maybe maybe that's a, a, a valuable exercise. I think it's great. I mean, I, I know that you enjoy the outdoors and you, you know, go to the outdoors with your family and, 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 your, and your, your kids and stuff. And I think that's definitely one way that that's good to get that recharge. I certainly imagine that for you. Making those decisions and prioritizing those things that are important for us. Whether we're a student, a business owner, or a manager, or leading a team, how do I make sure that I'm prioritizing the right things to, to show the organization that I'm committed to them, but to also show my family that I'm committed to them? You know, what, what advice would you give that individual? 
Well, that's great. I mean, I, you know, um, <laughs> I have frequently tried to ask my wife what uh, she would like me to do when, when, when there are these questions, you know, you have your friends and your family that you need mm. to communicate with. Um, I think it's a little bit like uh, a friend of mine who's about to take over a restaurant and she is looking at the menu and basically saying, we need to cut the menu. And that's what a lot of restaurants, you know, now Cheesecake Factory, they've got, you know, 98 items, they've got everything. But a lot of restaurants, the, the really nice restaurants decide what they are good at and that's what they're going to do, right? And so I think a lot of us have to decide wh what are we good at and then what 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 do we need to outsource? And um, yeah, and what what's the most valuable use of our time given our talents and our constraints and and be really good at those and then and then and then don't do some things and then outsource others. Just I just love that. And I, I just love how your it's a well-rounded focus that you have to allow us to make the right decisions, whether we're starting in our careers or running a business. I think it's, it's a nice perspective that you're giving you for us. And, and thank you, Scott. I really appreciate you, you sharing that. As we, as we come to an end, I guess, I really would love to know from you, what advice would you give two areas of focus, if I may? Number one is that student entrepreneur that wants to, go on their own right out of college, right? What advice would you give that person? And then possibly the follow-up to that would be, what advice do you give to someone that's recruiting that person? Just some insight from you. A last question, if you will. Sir, well, Neville, the, and Faith, the greatest educational experience I ever had was in Oakland, California, across the Silicon, across, across the Bay, um, it was a startup weekend. If you're not familiar with startup weekend, you show up on Friday, a lot of community members, about a hundred people show up and you have 20 or so people pitch ideas on Friday night. And I was there because I was there with uh, 12 Elon students and they participated in this startup weekend and they joined the teams. They, a few of them pitched things. They didn't win per se, but but they did join a team. And they worked from Friday night until Sunday night. They worked a lot, too. They worked into the night, Friday night, early Saturday morning, slept a few hours. Then they came back, worked all day Saturday, into the night on sun, into the night on Saturday. And then on Sunday afternoon, they presented their prototypes and their go-to-market strategies, strategies on these products that they had worked on on the weekend and why that was the most the richest educational experience I would say is because they were surrounded by people from Facebook people from Google this amazing mm. network of talented individuals and we could not have got we could not have accomplished that in our little town of in North Carolina right we we needed to be amongst and that's you know we're at Raleigh founded here and we're amongst the 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 epicenter of what's yeah. going on right and so uh i would say just like steve blank says who's one of the leading startup experts get out of the building mm -hmm. there are no facts inside the building so if we get out of the building and uh just talk to people and go to events and really um 
and, and try to be helpful. You know, so just one other experience. I mean, I, I was at IBM and I was part of a resource action. I don't know if you'll probably haven't <laughs> been a part of a resource action faith yet. Hopefully you won't. This is when you get fired. Okay. And so January, 2009, I was uh, laid off part of a resource action at IBM. And I was in Ohio, moved back to North Carolina and had three kids. They like to eat three meals a day and needed to feed them. So I tried to figure out what to do. And, uh, and so I start going to lots of events and I realized that, you know, if I could, if I could be helpful to people, um, that could be a good thing. And that can, that can deliver return on that investment. And, and it's because sometimes I would go to events and think who can help me? Can faith hire me? Can Neville hire me? Mm. You know, but if I would say, Neville, who would be a good customer for you? Mm. And try to be helpful to people. Um, that seemed to, to work really well and to Love that. be beneficial uh, for both of us. And, and then all of a sudden, Neville's calling me and saying, hey, you know, I got this. I have a friend that's that's looking for somebody. Maybe you'd be a good fit. So uh, to have change the mindset of how people could help you and, and how you can help other people have has. Uh, has definitely benefited my career. That's stunning. So it's, it's, it's living for others, man. I just love that. It's the way to do it. Scott, I really appreciate your time and good advice for us. And if, if our listeners want to want to know more about your, your projects that you're working on and reach out to, to see what you're doing and possibly get involved or expand what you're doing, how could they do that? What's the best way for them to get a hold of you or reach out? Sure. Well, well two things. So like I said, uh, we launched an accelerator at Campbell. So we work with companies uh, Campbell.edu. Uh, we launched a social entrepreneurship minor. Um, so that's definitely my uh, day job and what I'm, I'm definitely passionate about working on Campbell students. But also in the summer, we have worked with many school districts across North Carolina and really to help students develop that initial professional network and to teach them professional skills. You know, we get them in the community. They sit, students sit in a classroom all year. And it's amazing what happens when they walk around a community for four days and they meet five companies and they develop professional skills, you know, and they eat at restaurants, you know, that this is summer and students like to eat teenagers, especially. And so we, we immerse them in the community and try to um, help them see different paths that can be taken. You know, we introduce them to business owners. So you know, I grew up, I, my dad was an insurance agent and I thought I was going to be an insurance agent and faith. That would have been a pretty good insurance. Agent. Thank goodness. I didn't do that. <laughs> oh my goodness. You know, and my brother-in-law is an insurance agent, so I can say that, but uh, you know, just because I didn't know any better, right. I had never met any entrepreneurs if say per se, or, or university faculty members that, that teach entrepreneurship. So we, we are all about exposing students to the community and immersing them into that initial professional network. And that is Startup High. That's the name of that program. We typically work with the CTE directors in school districts. So startuphigh.com is uh, where you can learn more about that. Love that. And for those that are listening to you, uh, to, to our podcast, uh, we would love for you just to if you haven't uh, subscribed to us, please do subscribe. We've got more of these wonderful insights that we're sharing and we're excited to, to grow and add more value to the communities that we are serving. So thank you, Scott. Appreciate Thanks, you Thanks Faith. This, this was a pleasure. You all made this so easy. Appreciate your time. Appreciate your work. Thank you, sir.
Take care, everyone. Thanks.